Welcome, everyone, to the Jessica Jones Podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Back from New York Comic Con, we're here today with our final New York Comic Con installment. We've hit you across all our feeds this week from the pop culture feed about the entire experience at the con to the agent carter feed about that particular panel and some casting to the agents of shield uh regular episode where we screened that four days before everybody else got to see that to the daredevil panel that preceded this content here with jessica jones which really mad in my mind there was no better way for us to conclude our new york comic-con 2015 experience absolutely could not agree more uh glad that you're telling listeners out there new and old alike if you like what we do head over to fantasticgeek.com fantastic with a ph or search for fantastic geek on itunes for a whole bunch of our marvel stuff and stuff even outside marvel but today as you mentioned pete uh we're covering the jessica jones panel and uh in a spoiler-free manner, discussing the thing that yes. happened in the second half of the panel. But Pete, let's start at that panel as, uh, well, the Jessica Jones portion was just beginning. Well, even before that, because we, again, have the Daredevil panel first, but we were treated to three-quarters of the Defenders on the stage. Uh, Marvel head of television, Jeff Loeb, uh, in what was scripted as an unscripted moment, ran off the stage really quick and brought uh, Charlie Cox, who plays Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil, and Kristen Ritter, of course, the uh, star of Jessica Jones, as well as Mike Coulter, co-star of Jessica Jones, who has just started filming his own uh, feature with uh, Luke Cage. So we got three quarters of the Defenders on stage first time that it happened in public and by this time next year i have to imagine we will see all four before they do probably be gearing up at that point to do the defenders uh series you never know i mean given the success of these individual um the, these individual series that were supposed to be feeding into the defenders mini series at its conclusion I'd say anything's possible. They could potentially delay a Defenders miniseries, you know, several years down the line if things are going well individually. But that's why, Pete, there's smart guys like Jeff Loeb uh, making those decisions. Absolutely. So to uh, to clear the decks from Daredevil and then, you know, this was originally billed as the Jessica Jones panel and kind of morphed into the uh, the Marvel Netflix panel. But, you know, they they had a, a, a rabid packed house in the uh, the main stage there. Um, and after given just the, the littlest taste of uh, the new material with, with Daredevil, a show with an already established audience now was the hook. How do we keep these people interested in a very different hero in Jessica Jones and bringing out the cast? Indeed, Pete. And I always marvel, no pun intended, at how Jeff Loeb can run a panel because he does it so low key and so effortlessly. But there's never these moments of like, 
What? Whoa, Jeff, I didn't think you'd ask me a question just because I'm the last credited person on this show. He always has a question for each person who comes yes. out. He goes down the line in order. It's interesting. It's engaging. It's never like, now you talk about your time on the show. Now you talk about your time on the show. But um, first to come out, of course, was Melissa Rosenberg, the the showrunner of the episode, the executive producer of the uh, of the series, rather, showrunner of the, the series. Um, somebody who we first heard about developing this show five years ago. So it was a, right. it, it was a fun moment for me personally to be like, oh, that's that lady who we heard about in a much smaller room five years ago when it was going to be the Spider-Man cartoon and maybe some live action stuff one day. Um, followed by the cast uh, as a whole there, culminating, of course, with Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones. And I mean, just... A lot of actors you haven't seen before, a lot of actors from, from other parts of the world, and uh, I mean, just just a, a stellar lineup, Pete. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned Melissa Rosenberg, and this is somebody who certainly has a pedigree when it comes to uh, Hollywood in general, um, and here now as a showrunner and with a definite game plan in terms of uh, what they're setting out to do with this show. Worth mentioning that uh, of the cast, the only uh, person not there was uh, David Tennant, who I think had he shown up would have broken the, it just would have broken the panel. And I mean that in the best way, like people just would have, people just would have just exploded with the notion that, uh, that, that he was there as well. Um, rather, rather teasingly, there was a chair left open for him and people were convinced and where we were sitting, Pete, we could, we could see a portion of the, the behind the scenes area. And by portion, I mean, maybe 15 feet and not, not even at a particularly great angle, but we could see backstage a little bit. So I was convinced, Oh, Pete, I see somebody, I see somebody. No, he was, you know, he was. Uh, away he's performing in a play in london it wasn't going to be there but um right. other sent than a him, little clip he did send a little clip and he was so happy and enthusiastic and i'm like oh that's the david Tennant everybody knows and loves and i'll return to the idea that we know and love david Tennant, and we love david Tennant, and the the sight of david Tennant makes us all smile i'll return to that notion in a little bit pete why don't you start to take us through the cast that was there well, of course, joining Melissa Rosenberg on stage is this rather eclectic, and some of uh, these actors are uh, familiar, this cast, with her. So in no particular order, she was joined by uh, Will Travail, who will be playing, uh, appropriately, Will Simpson. Will, the actor with one L, uh, the character with two. Matt, did you see what they did? They, they, they gave him another letter. It, it's completely Number different. It's, it's no longer autobiographical. <laughs> yes. And while he was the only actor on the panel, we did not glimpse in the pilot. We uh, were told he's going to be playing a police officer in Hell's Kitchen. And Matt, you and I were certainly speculating to how that might connect to this larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely, as I'm sure people know, and if you don't know, we're about to go spoiler for season one of Daredevil. Um, ooh. <laughs> what? I said, ooh. Ooh, yeah, ooh, it's been out all these months. But, you know, just the fact that there's now been a shakeup in the NYPD and um, 
and some of the uh, some of the detrius inside the department and connected to the department shown in that series has been uh, has been removed to say the least um you know the notion that we have a cop here who presumably at least will make reference to those events um should make for some nice quiet crossover moments and um and uh hopefully we'll see him in episode two since he was not in the first episode i i can tell you uh you will um erin moriarty uh joined them on stage and she is playing the character of hope indeed she is uh a a young actress at uh at 21 but uh somebody who certainly a lot is asked of her in the pilot in terms of acting and uh i mean somebody who you know we'll, we'll talk about more once the pilot is out and we're probably podcasting the series but uh Definitely somebody whose name I'm going to remember and whose character I'm going to remember, uh, if only from that first episode. I uh, know Moriarty only from um, True Detective season one, but, uh, you know, played the uh, daughter of um, Harrelson's uh, character and uh, figured in in a pretty dramatic way. So it's going to be nice. I mean, we've already seen her uh, do a little bit more. It's going to be nice to uh for the rest of you to to see that happen she's certainly off to a good start career-wise i mean true detective the the good true detective season and on to a recurring role in this i mean way to go kiddo ika darville plays uh jessica's friend and neighbor malcolm and it was stressed at the panel his connection to her is secret uh i don't know if his character had been named before the panel but it, it was it was something that um, that Jeff Loeb made a point to point out how they were still being secretive with him, um, which is interesting because looking through this cast list, uh, I mean, obviously, as as stated, we didn't see Will Traval in the episode, but OK, he's a cop. So you kind of can imagine how that'll fit into future stories and whatnot. Uh, having seen the first episode, Pete, I don't quite get how this character of Malcolm fits into the larger story and the fact that that uh lack of understanding is being called you know the attention is being called to it is all the more captivating i don't know what's up with this guy yeah and i gotta be honest i kind of tuned that portion of the the panel out i think i was probably looking at Kristen ritter for a little while but um the moments he has in the pilot and this spoils nothing they are comedic in nature and i i like this timing and he's got a very distinct look he's got kind of like the the, the faux hawk going a little dread action. So, you know, again, the, the diversity um, as far as this cast is concerned. Matt, the next name, Carrie Ann Moss, shouldn't really, uh, you know, not be known at this point. Carrie Ann Moss, uh, who, at least as of about a month ago, like hadn't tweeted for two years, which is a lifetime in our right. modern world and all that. I mean, she looks on screen like like she's ready for Matrix Four. Um, yes. She looked at the panel, not that we were like you know front row center, but but certainly you know ha- had a good shot with you know a- as the crow flies, as well as you know seeing her face up on the you know projected on the on the screens within the room there. I mean, my goodness, this is a lady who has defied age, who st- spoke so proudly of 
being a part of a show that's about a kick butt woman explaining that she's been that woman in right. the past. And I thought right. kind of very was very graceful about essentially saying, yeah, I've aged, you know, like I've aged. Time has gone on. I'm not playing the Jessica Jones role anymore. I'm playing, you know, middle aged woman in this. Um, but Pete, then there was also the reveal of which middle aged woman she's playing. Yes, she's playing the middle-aged woman version of a middle-aged man. So they bent the gender of the character for Carrie Ann Moss, and they had to be sitting around the producers saying, okay, if, if, if we're going to uh, change things up any from the relatively light comic history of Jessica Jones, the character you know has been around 13 years, where do we choose to do that? And obviously, I believe Jaron Hogarth uh, goes back deeper into other uh, Marvel properties. But, you know, what a mentor and what a role model for Kristen Ritter in this kick butt role than Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, the character of Jaron Hogarth, now uh, now renamed Jerry Hogarth, Jerry with an I, goes all the way back to August 1976 from Iron Fist number six so i mean there's all sorts of you know anticipation there in terms of will she be a recurring role a cast member etc just as you're going to have luke cage be in the two series you know jessica jones and the luke cage series uh to varying degrees i.e he's the star of luke cage if you can imagine that luke cage is the star of luke cage go figure you know what role does she play in the future um that's an exciting direction as well Absolutely. Also on the panel here, we have Rachel Taylor, who will be playing Trish Walker, Patsy Walker, going much further back into the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it was cool how um, Jeff Loeb gave a little bit of that history, which I admit I was not super familiar with. But uh, this is a character that goes all the way back to the 40s um, in kind of, you know, a different, um, you know, kind of like more of the uh you know kind of the archie kind of ilk comic all the way back then and the fact that they've dug into this deep marvel history here and pulled her out and pulled her through and now now changed her into this radio host and somebody who in a in a flip of most of you know most of the way comic book stories gets told uh, well, you know what, Pete? I was almost going to say too much. Let's just say that she she is <laughs> friends with Jessica Jones, and and yes. uh, there, there's not many secrets between the two. Yes, and and that's the most endearing moments of this panel. And it wasn't a very long panel because obviously we screened the episode after this, which was a complete surprise uh, that they would do this. But it was, um, you know. The, the love fest with Carrie Ann Moss and, and Kristen Ritter and, and just the, the mutual respect there. And then this discussion via Rachel Taylor about the, 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 is there a, a femme romance? There's a bromance. What, what's a girl romance? So a womance, Matt, <laughs> the womance between two really lovely ladies and Rachel Taylor and Kristen Ritter, and that they leave so little um, 
off the table in terms of that. You know, she talked about how there will be a little bit of jealousy, yet they're, you know, girlfriends in the best sense and they look out for one another. And, you know, that definitely comes across in the pilot. Pete, this is an actress who had such a presence on the stage, like she was not wowed by the fact that there were 3,000 people there. And I mean it in the best sense. She did not come off as arrogant. She came off as, you know, like one tough chick and there to have fun, you know, Australian. So that that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, I admit, Pete, I had not put two and two together. This is the Australian lady from Transformers, the first Transformers movie. This is somebody with the age of 31, has a huge resume. Um, and, and, you know, all this different stuff, you know, uh, spent some time on Grey's Anatomy, was one of the angels on Charlie's Angels, the reboot, um, you know, just has worked a ton. And I think, you know, nonetheless, just, I mean, despite, I mean, if you've worked a ton, that also means you've had projects fail or you've been not continued on, you know, Grey's Anatomy, whatever it might be, but just had a certain kind of like, I don't know. She just had a presence there that I really dug where it was like, what's up? Here's Comic-Con. Let's go. Let's do this. I predict big things for her uh, past this series. Speaking of big things, Matt, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, you know, how rarely do you line up a role in one 13 episode series knowing ahead of time that you're then going into your own after this? I mean, I have never heard of that. Obviously, there are some characters which have been spun off. Um, uh, the, 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 the landlord on uh, Three's Company comes to mind. Um, but, I mean, never like this. Never where we're going to hire you in a supporting role. Um, but, but it, you, you know, you, you're going to be the star of your own show soon, son. Um, Jeff Loeb joked that he did six months working on Jessica Jones, then turned around and, uh, you know, had started in September, the six months of production of Luke Cage, uh, season one. So, and also just a giant guy. This is somebody that as he was coming out and, you know, shaking hands with the other co-stars and whatnot, you're just like, this is a tall fella. I mean, not to mention muscular and handsome and all that stuff as well. Mike Coulter, Matt, I first came across him in the third Men in Black movie, um, which is a, a glorified cameo. He plays the father of Will Smith's character in a flashback or time travel, et cetera, et cetera. But um, what I saw of him in the pilot, I am super psyched that we're going to get him not just in this series. And they were, they were very demonstrative during the panel that he doesn't have many scenes with the rest of this cast. Um, but then that, you know, he's, he's headlining his own that the, the news to us out of the panel was they just started shooting. Indeed. And I know that that had been, that, that certainly was not breaking news at the panel, but I don't think it was uh, widely known that 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 it had started to shoot. Um, he he is definitely a very captivating presence on screen, just in terms of his his chemistry with Kristen Ritter, and just I mean, he's just one of those people where he has chemistry with the camera. It's not a you know, it's not a handsome thing. It's not a muscular thing. Although all that's there, it's it, it's not even an acting thing. It's just it's one of those Hollywood moments where you go. That's it. And he has it and just really, really charming. 
uh, on screen. And um, I mean, just just stellar casting here. And uh, can't wait to see more of him in this. And then presumably, you know, our bet is the Luke Cage show comes out uh, in the summer, this upcoming summer, 2016. Right. So lots of Mike Coulter on uh, on TV ahead for us. Right. And while he wasn't there, David Tennant, as we mentioned before, did film a little uh, thing. Of course, they made sure he was wearing some purple when he did it. And uh, it, it was nice to get that. I mean, they could have found the cop out to say he's doing theater. He couldn't be with us today, but that uh, he's this committed to the project. And again, the, the, the performance coming across in the work itself. Absolutely. And it was, it was great to see him record a little, you know, uh, that little doodad. Um, and let's remember that smiling face that he had, because uh, <laughs> as we'll talk about in, in just a little bit, um, I think people are going to start to have a sour reaction when they see David Tennant and not because David Tennant is a bad guy. It's because David Tennant is playing a really bad guy. Wait, Matt, isn't the um, future physician guy that he plays the bad guy of that show? Oh, boy. Anyhow, Pete, the last one to grace the stage was, of course, the lovely star of the series, Jessica Jones herself, Kristen Ritter. Luminous and that they made the point uh, Jeff Loeb did when she came and read for the part that here she is unassuming in her ripped jeans and leather jacket and combat boots. She wore the outfit she wears on the show to the audition. And I don't think that's any surprise. They have crafted Matt this role for her and they're getting her on the ascension of somebody who's going to be a true star in this business. But Pete, but as she was out there and they're telling these stories and she's looking lovely and this and that, the other, it was for me, uh, the final moments, the final minutes anyway, that I would be doubting as to whether she was a good choice for this series, because I was not sure I have, I will admit, I ha have not seen her in Breaking Bad. I have not seen her in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Um, I guess I saw her in 27 Dresses, a movie that I think I got dragged to see. Um, <laughs> but there was just something about her that to me was a little too girly-girly. And even hearing these stories, it's like, okay, I don't quite get how she mixes with what I know of the character. Um and as we've as we've outright said, we were about to be surprised and about I was about to be proven wrong because then old Jeff Loeb starts talking, Pete, about clips. Yeah, it's the old and, and we love Jeff. OK, he he is a showman, but sometimes to a fault, you know, all right, we're going to show a clip. Pause. Melissa says a clip. No, and it turned into, well, here's the first episode. And I had asked you as we waited on the very sizable line for which we were lucky to get the wristbands. <laughs> That's a, another story you may want to check out on the pop culture three day uh, New York Comic Con experience. But we were lucky to get the wristbands on a second effort, really, even as members of the press. And 
um, lined up two hours, even with the wristbands in advance to see this. And I pose to you, Matt, in the queue hall, the question, would we screen the pilot? You thought that we would. I looked at the time that we had and I was like, two casts, are they really going to burn? It's, it's more than 44 minutes of that time on an episode. You were right. I was wrong. Well, I, I certainly thought it was possible, but then there was the, then there whether it's the angel or the devil, I don't know. But then there was the other voice in my head saying, yeah, but last year they gave an hour to do the world premiere of the Daredevil cast and to take questions and to show some clips and to say goodnight, everybody. Um, so if that took an hour and now they're going to have two casts, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and they have an hour and 45 minutes, well... That seems to me like you do two 45-minute panels, and that still gives you a little extra time for going over or ending a little early so they can clear out the right. room or whatever it might be or starting late because people are still coming in or because they need five more minutes. The people behind the scenes need five more minutes. So, yeah, I kind of had said I think it's you know it, it, it could happen, but that was more of a wish knowing that they didn't do it in, the, in, in a similar spot last year with Daredevil. And what do you know? They they turn it on, and um, we're we're gonna go extraordinarily spoiler light. As in, you're not hearing anything about the show other than what I'm gonna tell you about the credits, and it spoils nothing. Those of you who have listened to this podcast, and we're in our second full episode, uh, had done a, a little teaser prior to that. Um, need to know that uh, Matt Lafferty, the man sitting across the mic from me, uh, got the music that they did in this credit sequence before they even had it. In fact, dear listener, I'm convinced they aped what Matt put together. Well, so full <laughs> kudos to you, big guy. Well, thank you. And I mean, longtime listeners of the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts know that this is act the music that we have for the Jessica Jones podcast, which is something I, I, I have a difficult time saying I wrote it. I mean, I did. I put all the pieces together in GarageBand. It's, it's, yes. it's in my hand that I dragged it all together. Certainly wasn't pen, pen and paper. But all I did was just try and sit down and say, what can I musically express with these limited you know, I mean, GarageBand is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's not—it's not the world of every note ever out there. It's not, you know, uh, it's not, you know, I—I I don't have every instrument in the world available that I can play. That kind of thing. What can I do to kind of evoke a detective, feminine, tough, broken sense all in one? And I mean, I was—I just remember you looking at me and me just pumping my fist because those opening credits that's that music is the tone that we have and our teaser episode i believe dropped in june so there's no question that that we got there well before i mean shoot they were still they were still filming the series at that point so it it, it was definitely a proud moment and an exciting moment and uh you're welcome marvel I am completely confident that uh, that influenced their credits. And here's where I'm going to take credit. Uh, so Matt sends me this, as he often will, uh, file 
um, probably February of this year. Hey, listen to this, playing around with this for Daredevil, which we were still in the process of finalizing our opening little jingle for that. And I said, you know, Matt, I'm not feeling it for Daredevil. It feels a little light. Plus, there's the whole sonar angle, you know, him seeing when he's blind. I think we've really got to go for that. And if you listen to our music for that, it's very evocative of, of what Daredevil is as a character. But I said, Matt, hold on to that because we're going to use that for Jessica Jones because you just nailed that. So again, thank you. And <laughs> you're welcome. Well, now turning our attention to the other, you know, uh, 42 minutes or however long the pilot was, I mean, again, we're going spoiler free in part because what we do, and if you're a new listener, what we do is not, you know, spoil. We, we react after the fact and we want you watching, you know, watching when we watch and joining the conversation and reflection after the fact. But, uh, I mean, Pete, it literally, I went from saying, okay, she's a pretty girl. And I don't think, I think they chose her because she's pretty, not because she's tough. And I mean, it's literally the first 30 seconds where you're saying, this is somebody who is not right in the world in the character. And Kristen Ritter is nailing pathos and disappointment and she's nailing every emotion that you need to have this character introduced it is stunning stunning it is smart it is edgy it is funny it is haunting it is so many things and what i love the most matt is that this cast is other than tenet and two relatively minor co-stars is held down primarily by women and they own the hell out of the 50 some odd minutes that we watched in that pilot i feel sorry for you that have to wait another 40 days still it's like it's like lent that you're in right now <laughs> i have tasted the jelly beans and i'm gonna feast as i do on the rest of the easter basket and bite the head off of the white chocolate bunny and get it all over my face on November 20th. Uh, last year, if you listened to the Daredevil podcast, I shotgunned all of Daredevil. I had seen the first four episodes through a screener, and I, I watched all of it, and I lost feeling in my lower extremities. <laughs> and I look forward to the same lack of circulation from this show i only have 12 more to go <laughs> well pete I i'm glad we're getting the jokes in now because if this pilot is any indication uh i mean the word used before haunting that is the effect it has had with me i think it's the effect that it will have had uh with people who saw it at new york comic-con and other people are going to see it when it premieres on netflix um definitely gritty i mean that there are there are there are moments in this episode that are that are challenging psychologically. Yep. Um, also, too, I think, Pete, let's just get out of the way here. Again, no spoilers. This is an episode, and it's going to be a series that is definitely profoundly talking about gender, talking about what it's like to be a woman. You and I, obviously both guys here, here's the way I have looking at it. I don't live in Elizabethan England, and I'm not a Danish prince, but I can read Hamlet. I can sympathize with him in his geographical situation. I can sympathize with the person who is writing it, the time and perspective from which they are coming. 
And I mean, we're going to be having discussions in the future about, you know, from the superhero angle, this means this. But this is a show that also is going to be going deeper and saying, what does this say to women in the modern real world today? What does it say about the female experience, the the, the good, the bad? And I mean, a, a, a loving complaint of some of the other Marvel shows has been, you know, it's it's fun for fun's sake, and that's all good, but they don't really go deep. This is a show that's that's exploring these real-life issues by way of she has superpowers, and they live in a world of superpowers and mystery. It definitely pulls no punches, and pound for pound, Matt, it might be the most grounded of any of the Marvel shows to date. I mean, listen, if you want to make a comparison because of uh, a female lead to agent Carter, you can, but that's where it ends. And obviously the, the, um, the period setting for agent Carter, you know, you, you can't possibly explore these things, but there are some serious psychological uh, matters being dealt with. And, um, you know, we were talking about it on the way back. You know, this is not the, the, the TV teen that um, Daredevil was. This is TVMA in every sense of that rating. Both what you see, what is implied on screen, and what is implied, you know, psychologically, definitely TVMA. It bears repeating almost word for word what Pete said. If you were cool watching Daredevil with your 12-year-old because it's fighting guys who fight, you know, this is this is the other kind of stuff at times that make make, you know, adult viewing, adult viewing. Um, I'd even argue, again, it's what you don't see. It's what's implied um, uh, uh, of a of a challenging negative nature. That's that's even all the more haunting. But this is a show that I think is just prepped to blow up. It's 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 going to strike a chord with yes. c- comic book males and comic book females and non as well, where they're going to go, oh, it's the blind guy with the ninja skills. Well, that's not for me. This is a show that's about people in a way the other Marvel shows have not. A- average, everyday people. This is an angsty woman who has obviously uh, gone through a trauma. Um, and has every reason to have the worldview that she does. And I think that Ritter's portrayal of this character in particular is going to be the thing that brings people to it. She is believable. It, it could be a situation where, all right, I'm going to chew the scenery and, and be pissed off and, and swill whiskey and have the superpowers. You never fall into that caricature of, ironically, a comic character in this pilot. It doesn't happen. And that's, again, credit to the acting chops of Kristen Ritter and to the showrunner and writer of the pilot in Melissa Rosenberg. They nailed this, Matt. It's going to be an enormous hit. Will it, will it get the numbers Daredevil did? Who knows? Um, you know, Daredevil is a far more familiar character than Jessica Jones, but Jessica Jones is not going to be a secret anymore. And after this screening, Jessica Jones certainly isn't a secret at all. 
the the pilot also directed by a woman sj clarkson who's done a ton of tv and some some films as well uh most of it most of it on the british end um of of things but also some stuff here in the u.s um speaking of brits i'll just say again uh for for everybody who's listening who loves david tennant's wacky (laughs) version of the doctor uh I mean, look, there's a limit to where my male gender can completely understand uh, a female character. But I'll tell you this, you know, I'm looking at David Tennant differently. And again, it's not no offense to David Tennant. This is a character that is going to have people uncomfortable. And this is a character that's going to have people look, you know, looking at David Tennant. And there's not going to be that smile of timey-wimey, 3D glasses and sneakers and a suit. It's going to be... A different reaction initially once once you've seen the first episode let alone what's what's in the future it's just um so be prepared for that kind of geekdom that this is a gonna this is a different david Tennant that you're going to be seeing i don't understand any of those references that you made there but i i will tell you that i completely understand the psychological terror that david Tennant's purple man Kilgrave. Uh, has and will inflict throughout the course of this season of Jessica Jones. Well, Pete, on that note, it'll uh, it'll be here before we know it that we're yes. podcasting the series. Uh, we'll probably do one more quick preview episode, maybe the week before it drops on Netflix worldwide on November twentieth. We'll reveal our uh, our our podcasting schedule at that time. Um, for you know how often and at what days uh, the Jessica Jones podcast will be will be uh, dropping. Um, if you like what we do and you're new to the uh, Fantastic Geek family of podcasts, uh, we're going to talk about some ways that you can be in touch and hear more. But we do, of course, do much more than uh, just Jessica Jones. But Pete, let's start at the top. The treat with Pete. How could people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 6,492 followers. Can't be wrong. Indeed. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. And you can find us on the dot com with all sorts of links to all the podcasts on the website, to iTunes, etc. Uh, and we're also Fantastic Geek on Twitter and the Gmail as well. Love hearing from people on both of those. But wait, Pete, there's more. Yes, if you get yourself over to facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek, all one word, again with the P-H, you like us today and you'll get all sorts of links and happenings to everything that's going on. One other thing, Matt, I wanted to add, a way that you help us and you help others find us if you like what you're hearing, or even if you want to give some feedback, you don't like what you're hearing, go over to iTunes and uh, give us a little review there. And uh, you never know, we might read that on the air, but you certainly help us with the thing that you're listening to. 
Absolutely, Pete. Well, we will be back soon on the Pop Culture Podcast feed with more Marvel. And again, if you're just listening on the Jessica Jones feed, we'll be back probably in a month's time, Pete, as I look at the calendar here, as we look ahead to the November 20th premiere of the show on Netflix. Super excited for that. So I will say adios to all our listeners for now and give you, Pete, the final word. I know your secrets. <laughs>